Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Hello, guys, and welcome into another Red Out Podcast. I am your host, Devin, and I would first like to say, uh, RIP Corey Cooper. Young man who passed away, uh, used to play at Allen County Scottsville way back in the day. Um, so condolences to him and his family. Uh, but with that, let's see if I can get some of the other guys in here, and we will talk sports and get going on Western athletics. Uh, but as always, guys, remember to like, share, and subscribe to the episode. And yeah, we'll uh, see how. Oh, and there's Jared. How's it going, buddy? That's oh, good. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Um, I am drinking Mountain Dew right now, so... That's good. Have you yeah. had a solid eight hours of sleep for the week yet? <laughs> for the week? Actually, I'm, it's not bad. Um, I can't complain. She sleeps. My wife and I are kind of doing, like, one-on, one-off kind of thing. So, um, like, first, first get up, I'll take her. Second get up, she takes her. And third, I'll get her. Um, but... Like last night, for instance, I got up at, um, I think I got uh, later down at like 10. I hadn't even gone to sleep yet. She got up fussy. So I mm-hmm. took her to, took her and got her fed her and changed her or whatever. Um, she got to bed by like midnight, woke up at one and my wife had her from one to three. And then I got up at four and took her and then got her back to bed at five and she got up at eight forty five. So, oh, wow. So there, you know, we're each getting a little bit of sleep, but it's not—it's exhausting. I'll give you that. It's definitely exhausting, mm-hmm. and uh, babies are jerks. So, yeah. just so everybody knows. Um, I mean, they only want to eat and sleep sometimes. <laughs> That's about it. She, she's—it's like I said. She's got her great moments where she's, you know, it's. She's got her stormy moments where she's fussy and nothing's right. And you're like, oh, my God, you're such a woman right now. And then, you know, there's other times where she's sleeping and you're like, OK, this is OK. And then you got other times where you're where it's just like the sunshine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything's great. And you're like, oh, this is, you know, this isn't bad at all. So, you know, you got to take the good with the bad, you know, mm-hmm. valleys and hills and all that such. So. Uh, so I guess we'll just go ahead and jump in winners and losers. Um I guess I'm going to steal yours because I know you'll probably mention it, but uh, winner Ryan Newman. Yeah, he is lucky to be alive for sure. Oh, my gosh. For those of you who aren't rednecks like the rest of us uh, and watch NASCAR, which, by the way, I cannot watch NASCAR. The last – the few times I've watched NASCAR, uh, there's been wrecks. So, But I didn't watch it last time. I watched uh, – the Dale Earnhardt one was the big one I watched. But like the last ten laps is the only thing you really should pay attention to. I'm sorry, but um, you, yeah, you're right. Uh, I but, mean, I'm an old school NASCAR fan though. NASCAR was the first sport I ever really got involved in. For some reason, when I was three years old, I decided to become a Jeff Gordon fan, even though nobody in my family watched oh NASCAR. My gosh. Like I was just flipping through the channels and I saw, oh, fast cars going in circles really fast. Because I mean, that's how my attention span is—just watching them. I could sit there and watch them for days. 
Like he was my favorite for sure, and I haven't really cared too much about it since. But yeah, it was my very on Monday. Yes, hey Alex. Yes, technology is not kind to me once again. <laughs> it's all right, buddy. You're doing fine. How's it going, buddy? Hey, pretty good. I literally just got in from Buffalo Wild Wings, just chilling, eating with an old friend, just catching up, whatnot, informing him on everything that's been going on about Western athletics. So it's really nice. That's good. good. Uh, but no, we were just talking about the Ryan Newman wreck. Did you see any highlights from that? Yes, I got caught up pretty much after it happened just because, to be honest, I don't watch NASCAR as much as I should. Well, that's what we were both just talking about. Uh, Jared was a big fan back in the day. I have never really been a big fan. I've been to the track twice. I've been to the Daytona 500 twice, not during a race. Um, But I'm not a big NASCAR guy. But, like, if I was going to watch, I'd watch, watch, like, the last 10 laps. That's just me, you know. I usually uh, just watch, like, on special events. Like, I'm so mad that I missed the Daytona 500 this year, but I usually watch with the Pepsi 400, uh, Homestead. But pretty much the last time I've honestly watched a full season of NASCAR, Carl Edwards was in his heyday. I really liked him. Oh, yeah. But the Newman wreck, like, it's just – it's a testament to just not only how much, I mean – that this could have went either way, and this could have yeah. went in a very tragic way, but also a testament to just his character surviving, like, I mean, and especially just with the recent passing of Kobe Bryant, it's like, I mean, sports, like, we've worked, the sports culture is more unified just from seeing, like, different reactions on social media, like, even uh, basketball players, football players even commented on the wreck and was just like, I mean, it, it was... It was a nice sight to see. Like, not only he survived the wreck, but it's just like the humanity, just everybody coming together just to send their thoughts, well wishes to him and his family. Well, okay, let me ask you guys what did you think about, oh my gosh, who won? Denny I don't even know who. Denny, Denny Hamlin. Hamlin. So, yeah. what did you think about Denny Hamlin celebrating his win like he did? Do you well, think it was classy, or do you think it was? Did he have an excuse because he didn't see it? Well, he said that he didn't know the severity of the situation, but you think just by seeing his car and the fact that it's literally upside down and burning, that that would kind of be an indicator to maybe not showboat as much, and especially because he won last year too. I mean, it's not like it's the first time he's ever won this race. So, I mean, maybe just calm down a little bit. There's still a lot of people chastising him for it, and I don't blame him. So, I agree. I agree with that. Um, I, I just, I don't, my thing is, some of the worst NASCAR wrecks, you, the people walk away fine. And then I you remember smell. watching Dale Earnhardt's when it happened. Though. Yes. That's yes. Crazy, yeah. And it was almost the same kind of situation, but a little different, is that Daryl Waltrip was on the call for the race, and his brother Michael won his first Daytona 500, and he wanted to be so happy for him, but at the same time, I mean, he saw how Dale Earnhardt went into the wall and how severe that situation was, too. So, I mean, it's definitely a conflict of emotions, for sure. A lot of emotional dissonance. But, but my thing is, with that race, I don't know how much you remember that, Oh, I but well. um, yeah, I remember well, well too. Well, see, with my thing is with that race, like be- towards the beginning of the race, there was a seventeen car pileup. Yeah, and I was honestly, I watched it and I thought, man, somebody's going to die. That is so mad. That's so bad. And then I remember when Dale hit, I was, you know, it was one of those that just blew it off because yeah. the earlier wreck, 
seems so much worse than him just hitting the wall. Yeah, and it depends on a lot of different things. Yeah, I yes. mean, I mean, it's one of those you can't take it for granted. But yeah. you know, I just luckily, I guess there's so much science behind the way those cars are made that you know those guys are so protected. Knock on wood, you know, uh, okay. he was really he was so protected in that car. You know, it, it really helped him. Um, but Jared, do you have any other winners and losers? Uh, I mean, you definitely stole my winner. I'm happy for Ryan. Newman. <laughs> and uh, he's been discharged from the hospital today too. I don't know if you yeah, saw nice. that. Him and his daughters. That was a really cool scene of him walking out of the hospital. That apparently he wasn't too bad. Whatever happened, probably some scrapes and burns. But my loser is a sport I do not care about and probably never will. But I have to say it anyways. It's Major League Baseball. Because of all the crap that they're going through with their commissioner. I can't remember who it was or what team he plays for, but that is the commissioner talking about the commissioner's trophy that he just kind of didn't really care about it or something like that. And uh, the player was like, <laughs> in the locker room, he's being interviewed about this, roasting the commissioner. And he said, maybe the trophy would be more or more valuable if it didn't have your name on it. And I was like, oh, snap. oh That is the most savage thing I've ever heard, and I love it. Because he definitely deserves it because of all the stuff with the Houston Astros. I mean, I will protest baseball for the 26th year in a row this year. Anyways, <laughs> so. but I thought that was hilarious. I saw that on Sports Center, and it's like one of those daggum moments. Oh my gosh, that's great! Um, Alex, do you have any winners and losers, buddy? Winners, I would literally have to go off and kind of tee off Jared a little bit, but I'm excited that baseball is back. I me I, me being a diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan. I'm just like this time of the year, like it's a breath of fresh air, just spring yeah, training. My losers would have to be literally in yeah. one month and like two weeks, college basketball will come to an end. And I would have to throw myself under the bus with this because outside of covering Western but also, living in Kentucky, huge basketball states, you're always going to hear, no matter how much you hate it, hear about Louisville, the Louisvilles, the Kentuckys, the Murray States, da 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 I had no clue that Baylor was the number one team this week. They you have been for number two. They have been? Okay. See, I didn't yeah. know either. I'm in the same boat, Alex, because I didn't know either. Mm-hmm. But I, I follow basketball as much as, you know, I mean, uh, I have no analogy. Um not as I, much as football or anything like that. Right. Don't follow it whatsoever. So, yeah. Yeah, football is my sport. So, like, I don't follow, you know, top tens or anything like that. But, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I am sad to see college basketball go, but it's getting to be that time of year that we're getting into March Madness. And it's, it's probably. It is. Yes. I'm going to hate myself so much because it's going to be so hard to fill out a bracket this year because there's like so much. Just anybody could get beat on a given night that like a 16 seed could easily beat a one seed probably this year just because it's so much parity. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, Alex, do you have any more uh, winners and losers? Hello? Alex, I know. I was thinking, did I dip out there? Um, I'll do a couple weird sports th- or odd it's news things. God, stupid thing. Man. Okay. So anyway, uh, got a couple odd news. The winner and losers. 
Uh, Kim Jong-un, probably perpetual loser for us, uh, spent over $500,000 on Russian horses over the past decade, data shows. Uh, North Korea, which previously staged photo ops of leader Kim Jong-un riding a white stallion, has spent more than $500,000 importing horses from Russia over the past decade. Last See, my year, question is, why would they need horses when they have unicorns? I don't, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even think he would need a horse to ride. I figure he would just kind of, like, float along the ground. Um, last year, the rogue nation paid $75,000 to import a dozen Russian purebred horses, according to a recent data, a recent uh, recently available data reviewed by Reuters. Uh, the purchases could mean the isolated country has been bolstering its her its its herd. They spelled herd wrong, as it had a history of buying high-priced horses from its Russian neighbor. Uh, and then it goes on and it talks about all the different times they paid various amounts for these horses. This is just crazy to me. Um, it is crazy. And then I'll take off that one before it pops up. Um, let's see. A lady lost her class ring. In Maine, 47 years ago, and has found it buried in a forest in Finland. How I have no idea. I have no wow. idea. Yeah, this is... Uh, see if I can catch this one before it starts talking. Come on. Uh, oh, gotcha. Uh, a high school class ring lost in Maine in 73 has been found buried beneath a forest floor in Finland and returned to its owner, who says the unlikely find may, might be more than just a coincidence. Uh, blah, 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 blah. You can find the story on... Uh, Type in odd news and it pops up with Fox. Um, but essentially, this lady um, lost the Morris High School ring in a Portland department store shortly after her then boyfriend and future husband, Sean, gave it to her when he left for college. The couple was married for 40 years until Sean died in 2017 after a six year battle with cancer. The ring, however, was largely forgotten until a sheet metal worker found it under. Eight inches of soul in a Finnish forest last month after 47 years. The story of how the ring journeyed 4,000 miles from Maine to Finland remains a mystery. That's uh, really weird. Yeah, that, that just, it's like, how the heck did that get all the way in Finland? And then it's buried eight inches in the dirt. Um, yeah, it's just crazy to me. But uh, yeah, so going to jump into other sports real quick. Let me get my notes here. Do my best, Romo. Jim Rome impression. Um, so we'll jump into softball first. Softball played, sorry, hit the mic there. Uh, softball played uh, in the Chattanooga Challenge over this past, uh, from the from Friday through the 16th. Yeah. Uh, so uh, from Valentine's Day to Sunday, uh, they played um, Ohio and they beat them very well, 13 to 4. Uh, then they played Lipscomb and Chattanooga. Oh, well, I'm sorry. They played Chattanooga on the 14th as well and beat them 12 to two. Then they played Lipscomb, beat them seven to one, and then they beat Bowling Green. Um, isn't that Indiana? I'm assuming Ohio. Oh, Ohio, Blue yeah. Yeah, Ohio. It's one of those northern states. Same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. Uh, Bowling Green. They beat them two nothing. So uh, Western's girls sweep the uh, Chattanooga Challenge. Did a great job there. They will be playing again on Friday against versus Green Bay in the Hilltopper Classic. Uh, let me see who else they have another Beat one. The Packers, let's go. We got. This. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> poor Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if how he's going to play this one. Um, 
then they're going to be playing. Uh, okay, so yeah, the way the classic works, they're going to play Ball State at twelve thirty, and then at three or five thirty, they play the winner of the other bracket. Uh, so I'm guessing it's kind of round robin for the first couple games, and then they figure out who's on top, and then they uh, roll it around from there to see who's going to be playing who. Um, but yeah, good luck to softball. Hope y'all do very well. Um, and then of course, let's see, that starts Friday and Saturday and then Sunday they'll finish up and the championship game will be played and the, uh, consolidate consolidation or trophy for everybody else will be playing the other game. Um, let's see here. Women's basketball, uh, had Western playing UTSA. And uh, didn't they play UTEP, too? Am I right on that one? Sorry, I'm just trying to find the date on that game. The 13th, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, so they played uh, last Thursday. They played UTEP uh, and beat them 78-65. And, I mean, the girls are playing great this year. I can't. Yeah. There's yes. no way I could fault them. At one point, they were beating UTEP 44-19. to Eee, that's big. With uh, let's see, three ten, three ten to go in the second quarter, um, and then of course you know UTEP started making their way back, um, and then they got within uh, seven points. Looks like and WKU was sixty six and UTEP was fifty nine, and then Western just pulled away. So I mean the girls are playing great. Um, yeah, I think I, it was Matt that tweeted earlier that as of right now ESPN has him as an eleven seed in the NCAA tournament. So I hope nice. That up. Nice. Yes, that is awesome. Um, Western beat the Roadrunners, UTSA. Oh, I do have to point out, um, I had a very loyal listener uh, send me a message that Tijuana is not on the other side of El Paso. That's Juarez, Mexico. Um, so Cuidad Juarez? Do what now? Is it Cuidad Juarez or just Juarez? I think it's Cuidad Juarez. Awesome. Um, I'm actually staring at it because I literally have a United <laughs> States map into my bedroom with everything, so I can literally just pull up all I, the full disclosure. Places. Full disclosure: I am not great at um, geography anyway. I love and it, love especially it. world geography. I mean, I can tell you countries, you know, until you get to some of like the Eastern European countries. I'm probably not that good, but. Um, like, for the most part, I think I can identify countries. And, you know, one of these days when we have a kind of a boring show going, I might do, like, the game and see if I can figure out what country is what. But, um, anyway, um, full of, like I said, I am, like, a stereotypical American. I have no idea what it borders what. I'm sorry. You know where Texas is and you know where California yes. and Florida is. is. Yes, literally. Yes, yes, I know. And, and I know Mexico south of that. So, you know, I'm winning on that front. But... Um, yeah, so, yeah, Juarez, uh, sorry guys in Juarez, um, I'm sure it's probably not very good down there either, uh, but I don't think we have to worry about them getting in trouble as much, and, uh, uh, out of context, Alex, I'm sorry, but, uh, yeah, so basically what we were, thinking, like, we were talking about, the guys, how they haven't really gotten in trouble this year, and we were hoping that they wouldn't go down to, uh, Tijuana when they played El Paso, and of course, yeah. Good listener from the UK, Steve, helped us out there and got it got me straightened out. So I need it as much as I can. My poor wife can't keep up. So um, 
And then, of course, we're talking about we're talking women's basketball. So UTSA, uh, Western thumped them as well. Uh, they beat them um, 85-57. Of course, UTSA is not in the top of the bracket by any means. Um, Western is still two games out from first. Uh, ODU has first right now. They're overall they're twenty two and three. Western is eighteen and six, and um, Rice is sitting above Western uh, in conference play. In conference play, they're eleven and two. Overall, they're sixteen of eight. Uh, so Western, like uh, Jared was saying, Western is coming in at a projected 11, uh, 11 seed for the NCAA. That would be awesome. Um, love to see that. What do you guys think thus far with women's basketball? Jared, what are you going to think first? Yeah, I mean, they've been killing it. Uh, I can't remember what their RPI is off the top of my head, but I know it's really good. Their strength of schedule is really good as well. So there's a very good chance that the Conference USA could be a three-bid team, a three-team bid or whatever in the NCAA tournament, which would be awesome if it happens. I mean, Rice, obviously, they're really good. Old Dominion has a shot at an at-large, and we do too. So I'd love to see that happen. Alex, what do you think, bud? I feel like this team could definitely win out. We They got five more games coming up, uh, including bonus play, of course. Tomorrow they play Marshall. That shall be an intriguing one. And then Saturday they play for Atlantic at 1 p.m. So I'm betting on the Lady Tops to win all out and make an at-large bid. I feel like this team could actually win the Conference USA tournament. I agree. I think it's a very, very decent problem. Uh, yeah. I would put money on it. How about that? I, I don't know. I mean, regular season, regular season, I think that Will Rice is such a hard team for them to beat. I don't know if they could get past him or not. They'd have to catch him on an off night, in my opinion, in order to get past him. But, I mean, even if we still make it to the finals right before then, that should get us get him an at-large bid. So, I think Do, so. Um, is Rice the team that's got that, like, seven-foot girl? Well, like six nine, I think, or six eight, something like that. Still, when crazy. you're when you're that tall, I mean, you're just like three foot away from seven. That's close enough for me. Um, but looking at the conference thus far, Marshall is is I would say probably like midways. They are six and seven overall. Uh, they're six games back. Um, let me see here. Let me pull up some of these others they got left. FAU. Let's see. MTSU. Um, then the Charlotte and La Tech games are to be determined. Uh, let's see. I'm going to say Middle is probably going to be our biggest, our closest opponent in Charlotte. Uh, Middle is right behind us in conference play, and Charlotte's right behind them. And then, let's see, who else did I say? I'm going to say Rice, maybe. Did I say Rice? I don't maybe. know. Yeah, I, yeah, Rice is at the number two spot. No, FAU. So FAU is the other opponent we're looking at. Uh, oh. FAU. Yeah, FAU is towards the bottom, too. Um, but, yeah, support the girls. They're going to need your support going into conference, to the uh, tournament. They've got Marshall, which, by the way, anytime Marshall comes to the house, we need to pack it. I don't care if they're playing chess at midcourt. We need to support the girls. Um, they diddle, though. Diddle. <laughs> diddle. Gosh. You're close. Same concept. Lack of, lack of sleep does not help me whatsoever. Um Okay, we got Marshall at home on the 20th, so that's tomorrow, like Alex was saying. Tomorrow, uh, 7 o'clock. I think it's 6 o'clock Central. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, for those of you who are not in town, I, it's on ESPN3, it says. Uh, so check that out there. I'm sure it's probably on Facebook, too, or something, maybe. I don't know. Uh, then we got FAU on the 22nd, so that's Saturday. Uh, MTSU a week later, and that's at Middle. 
And then Charlotte and uh, FAU, or not FAU, gosh, La Tech, sorry. Um, those are to be determined, so we'll just have to find out. But support the girls. Go uh, beat, throw down the moonshine and beat Marshall as far as I'm concerned. Um, God, I hate those guys. Anyway. Um, so, oh, I skipped somebody. No, I didn't. Uh, baseball. I know. Jared's not the most excited, and I am not I mean, as long as we're dominating, then I'm all for it. I mean, our baseball team is pretty good, too. It's easier to cheer for them when they're winning than when they're not. So, And baseball, I can't say I don't like baseball, so don't get me wrong. I used to play baseball up until, like, 13-year-old travel team. Uh, So I enjoyed it. I played first base, catcher, you know. I enjoyed playing baseball, but it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily – like watching baseball, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I mean, like the series and all that, and you're just like, oh my god, you played 140 games a year or something. It's like, good gosh, I can't concentrate that long. That's why I like football. It's really yeah. short. They win, they lose. It's fine. Um, so baseball played Valpo. The game got moved from uh, Valentine's Day uh, to the Saturday, so the 15th. Uh, so the guys played, and they beat Valpo on Saturday, 9-3. to And then they went and played on Sunday and beat Valpo again, 6-2. to And then we played them on Monday, since the game got moved back. And then we lose, 3-5. to So, that's fun. Um, I thought we'd have Ross here in a little bit, but he said he's going to be a little bit late tonight. I was hoping he could talk some baseball for us, but um, oh yeah! Speaking of, uh, it just came in off the wire. Tops got a win over Murray State today, seven to six. Nice, good. Always yes. beat the racers. Always. That was my next thing. I was going to check and see what the uh, uh, see how we were doing, but yeah, that's great. Yeah, the game literally just ended like thirty minutes ago. It's already been updated on the WKU website. Nice. Uh, yeah, so Dalton Shoemaker, I'm assuming? Shoemaker. Dalton Shoemaker got the win for the tops. Um, yeah, it's doing, I don't know what all these stats mean. So, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, so Western won 7-6. Uh, yeah, looks like uh, Murray had two errors. Yeah, I'm just going to quit because I can't do this. It's so, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm struggling better. Though. I don't know how to speak in the baseball language. Well, I'm just, you know, I can get away with this in basketball. I can pull up some stats and, you know, I can make yeah, some. Yeah, at least you know what, like, a rebound and all that is. I mean, all well, the I mean, things. Yeah, I mean, and the sad thing is I played baseball longer than I did basketball. So, you know, it's just like <laughs> great. Um, but, yeah, so baseball played Valpo. They did all right. Um, wish they'd have swept the series and beat them on uh, Monday, too, but it's whatever. And like Alex said, they played on Wednesday. It just, yeah, mine just updated too. Okay, 7-6, they beat Murray. Uh, Just finished the game, just finished up. Let's see here. Let me see if I can find the next game real quick. Uh, They play Wright State uh, at 3 p.m. Central on Friday, the 21st. And softball plays uh, Indiana State on Friday. Let's see. I'm trying to find some more. Yeah, they got – so it looks like the guys are going to go against Wright State on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh that game will be on HSSN on Facebook. So if you want to watch, watch it there. Um, if you can go to the field to, uh, what is it, Dennis Hamlin Field or something? Nick Dennis Field. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Whatever it's called. I mean, <laughs> that thing is, I worked there for God knows how many years, like right across the field from it, and I could yeah. not remember the name of it. So, for those of you who are big base Western baseball fans, I am sorry, um, but I will try. Um, that's so all I can will do. I. So I. Uh, I will make it a <laughs> challenge to actually just keep track of baseball more. And not just go on select days or when they play Louisville or Kentucky at Bowling Green Ballpark. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The thing is, I should know more about baseball because my cousin's dad is Mike Williams, who is one of Western's all-time best play- baseball players. So that may be someone I need to talk to a little more. Go see Mike. Yes. Yeah, so uh, support baseball, too. I mean, it's it's a great environment. I mean, I know a lot of people go to the Hot Rod games or used to. Uh, so just, you know. Same kind of thing going, you know, just go right down the road a little bit and go watch some Western baseball. They do um, need a really cute dog ball catcher, though. Like, the Hot Rods have Turbo now. Yes. That is my winner every single week. It just unspoken <laughs> from here on out is Turbo. So, yes. so y'all know. He has his own Twitter page and everything. Be sure you give oh my him a follow. It's a very cute dog. Very cute. So That is awesome. Him. That's awesome that they have a, a dog uh, Twitter. Uh, so, I'm sure... Well, actually, it's not that far-fetched because I've heard of girls doing Instagrams for their babies and dogs and stuff, too. So I guess Twitter's not too far off. But anyway, um, so let's slide over into men's basketball where we're all fairly comfortable. Um, So Western played UTSA. Let me pull this up real quick. They played Um, UTSA first. Sorry, I got – yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Uh, of those were good games, surprisingly. They were. I didn't know how that was going to go. No, no, no. I was yeah, more yeah, yeah. concerned with the. I was more concerned with the UTEP game more than. No, wait, UTSA game more than UTEP. Yeah, I knew that the UTSA game. That's usually always a close one because I mean Wallace and Jackson usually combine for like eighty points, which is crazy. And I mean, I will give a shout out to Javon Jackson. He's now UTSA's uh, single scoring leader and all time scoring leader. He got that feed in the same game and still lost. So, I mean, that kind of sucks. But at least he has that accomplishment. He's only a junior. so And he's number two in the NCAA right now as far as points per game. So, I mean, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, actually, I would like to point out real quick for everybody um, that there is an article up that Ross posted today. WKU basketball, Jared Savage's ascent is fueling WKU post-Bassey. It's true. Uh, Yes. Just want to say, uh, told you all, ha ha ha. Uh, Jared Savage is awesome. Uh, but check the article out. He did a really good write up about it and just kind of talks, you know, uh, briefly about different things. You know, Savage's junior season, uh, you know, Jav- uh, Savage's journey pre WKU and stuff like that. So check that out. It's really good to read. He's originally from Franklin and his name is Jared. So how could he not be a baller? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean,. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like a streamlined process, just straight to WKU for Jareds, who are great ballers, right? You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, I keep getting texts. Uh, sorry. Okay. Anyway, um, so Western, yes, like you said, Western played UTEP, and the Miners aren't doing the best this season. Uh, they they are second to last. 
only above middle, which, by the way, is the greatest thing ever. That middle. Which that is, is crazy, play. though, because UTEP had such good promise coming into this year. This was going to be the year that they turned everything around, and they didn't look too bad in their non-conference schedule. But once they got to Conference USA, it was bad. Yes. Really bad. Yeah. They didn't have anybody at the game that we played them in, which usually every time we go play them is when they honor their national title team from 1966, the Texas <laughs> Western team that won. They do that every single time we played them there for whatever reason, and they still didn't have that good of a turnout, which kind of sucks for them because you th- they would deserve a good turnout for that game, in my opinion, because if Western – if we ever had a national championship and we honored the national championship team in Diddle, it doesn't matter if we're playing like Eastern Wyoming Technical College. It should be a sellout game just for that reason alone. So that, that just kind of shows the state that UTEP is in right now. I do have to point out one thing real quick. Um, there is a um, uh, there is a, another loser I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show. Um, have you all seen the footage of the Eastern Kentucky ba- uh, football player? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Easy. That was just insane. That is insane. That was uh, that was sent to me by a fan, and I was like a listener of the show, and I was like, good gosh, man. I watched that video, and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, he's lucky. I, honestly, that kid's lucky he didn't get in more trouble or you know, God or something. Good God. I mean, but uh, anyway, back to basketball. Um, sorry, my ADD must be kicking in tonight. Uh, UTEP, Western beat UTEP 67-62, and then they played UTSA. Um, sorry, let me pull this up real quick. <sighs> Come on, punk. There we go. Um, and they won 77-73. Uh, so what did you all th- – uh, I know you talked a little bit, but what did you think as far as how the guys played, uh, Alex, against UTEP? It was – a pretty good game for the most part. Okay. So what do you mean by that? All right. I'm sorry. My thing is, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. My internet is not one to cooperate tonight. It was a very tough road victory. Just like you didn't want the team to have a road trip like Florida. Yeah. So it was just better preparation and just literally foul trouble. I mean, it was the downer of the whole entire game. Savage, Williams, Anderson, and Hollinsworth literally had three fouls each with seven minutes left to play. So, yeah. I mean, getting over yeah. the foul trouble kind of just helped us out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at the uh, the kind of the game flow, um, Western had a very good lead going into like five minutes to go in the first. And then just right after, uh, and about 18 minutes ago in the second, UTEP takes over with a three-point lead. And then it's just so close. And the bad thing is with like a UTEP or UTSA or somebody like that, you want to see the guys just pull away and just kind of dominate. And, you know, that obviously did not happen. Um, they allowed UT, uh, UTEP to stay in the game, and it's just – it's one of those things that just doesn't look good to me going into uh, pod play, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, at least they did what they were supposed to do, and they were able to pull out a win in both of those situations because that's ultimately what matters. It doesn't yes. really matter how pretty he was. And Josh Anderson, he was sick in the first game, too, and he didn't even start. Kim Justice came back in the starting lineup. 
And, I mean, he did all right, but you can kind of tell. I mean, that's such a long road trip going from Bowling Green to El Paso and then from there to San Antonio. See, I imagine they flew, though. I don't imagine they did. They didn't drive. Yeah, right. But, I mean, they were able to take care of business, and, I mean, it took an overtime game to beat UTSA again. That's just kind of the trend with them is that it usually goes into overtime. But they, they know how to pull out these close games. I mean, as long as they play a full 40 minutes or sometimes a little bit longer than that, they can compete with anybody. They just got to keep it going. Yes, 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 yes. And I, I mean, and I agree completely with what you said. Um, my thing is um, a win's a win, so don't get me wrong by that. But, you know, it's we're coming into pod play, and I would just I just want to see a little oomph instead of, you know, the guys fighting it out. And, I mean – I'm glad to see them fighting like that because that just makes you feel better that they've still got it. You know, they're not, you know, too worried about stuff and, uh, or, um, you know, they're, they're, they know what to do basically is what I'm getting at. Uh, but anyway, Alex, what do you think of the, of the, uh, UTSA game, buddy? I'm just glad that we got the win against UTSA. Javon Jackson. And I keep forgetting the other guy's name, yeah, uh, Wallace. Wallace? Yeah, Keaton Wallace. Yes, Keaton Wallace. They've had really good game against us, and it's just the one thing that frustrated me is just, which it worked out either way for, obviously we won the game, but just how well these teams, both these teams play each other. This is the third overtime game Yeah, that they played against each other in like the last two years. So it's just it's just something like, about this roster from UTSA that just brings out, always has to bring the best us, but, uh, sorry, stutter a little bit, the best out of us when it comes to just contending for the win. Either way, yeah. I'm glad we got the win. I'm glad that the road trip literally went in our favor, and it's just now we see where this team will stand going into pot play. Jared, what did you think, buddy? Yeah, I mean, just both of these games, so critical. And, of course, the UTSA game, it was a really good game to watch. I mean, it had a lot of back and forth in it that they were leading by a little bit, and then we were able to finally get some momentum. But it was stressful, of course. Once it went into overtime, I was like, oh, Lord, there's no telling what can happen with this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they still pulled it off. I mean, you got to give them credit. And the way that Jared Savage has been playing, I mean, he's become that leader that we need. And, of course, Tavion Hollinsworth, he's been absolutely killing it, too. I don't know what this team would be like if he wasn't there to be able to get some baskets when they need it. And he's played really hard, so you got to give him credit. Yeah. I mean, definitely got to give them the credit when they – um, but, uh, yeah, completely agree. Sorry. Um, let me give me a shot of, uh, some energy here. Some tequila. Uh, no, caffeine. <laughs> no, great caffeine. Um, so, uh, looks like Western will be playing. Um, let me go back here. Um, looks like they got Charlotte on the 22nd. So in three days. So that's what Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. 7 p.m., 6 p.m. Central. Uh, that's at home, so show up to Diddle. Before I say the house again, uh, show up to Diddle and pack it for Charlotte for the Charlotte game. We definitely got to beat them. Um, I, where is Charlotte in the? Well, they're behind us, obviously. Yeah, not too far behind. I think it's North Texas first, a second, La Tech third, then Charlotte and FIU. In the okay. Top pod. 
Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Looks like uh, Charlotte is one, two. Yeah, they're fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So Charlotte, LaTeX next. That'll be on the 27th, so five days after that. So that will be, what, next Thursday, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Tip-off there against LaTeX. And then we play North Texas March 1st and then FIU. Uh, and then we then we start pod play, correct? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is pod play starting this Saturday. Oh, okay. Yes. okay. So okay. this is just so next These are games. going to be really important. And if Ross was here, I know he would talk about this. He had an article kind of explaining what's going on. But Western needs one win in the next four to seal a bye in the first round of the conference tournament, which that's going to be huge for this team, especially with all the depth issues that they have. But also, if we were to somehow win all of these games and finish number one in the conference, that's a regular season conference title. And Western would automatically get an NIT bid regardless of what happens in the conference tournament. So at least they would have some type of postseason with Bassey being hurt and being able to get any type of postseason this year, I think is going to be a good thing. Of course, I mean, you'd like for it to be the NCAA tournament, but just in case, I mean, they don't are they aren't able to pull out three games in three days. They'll be able to get that NIT bid. So hopefully that's something that they can pull off because they've beaten all of the teams that they'll be playing except FIU. So they have the possibilities of going three and one at the least. So all of that should be within their reach to hopefully give them some momentum going into the Frisco tournament. I would say, honestly, when Bassey went down, for us to finish in the top pod was probably, I won't say it's the furthest thing from my mind, but it was pretty slim in my mind. I mean, yeah. and that's, I mean, that's just a testament to the guys that are playing and not giving up and, you know, realizing it's a team sport. It's not an individual sport. Uh, so, you know, I tip my hat to you guys. You did great. Uh, Alex, what do you think going into pod play? What are your thoughts? I think that we have a very strong chance to not only get one win, but I feel like this could go either 3-1 or 4-0. and zero. I don't know who exactly that we might end up losing to, but the two games that I'm more concerned about are both Louisiana Tech and North Texas with the scoring defense. Louisiana Tech has the number one scoring defense in the conference, North Texas at a number two. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And especially with Louisiana Tech sitting right behind us, that makes that whole game sit, you know, it just adds a little more more tension. Um, yeah. Completely agree with you, buddy. Like definitely, definitely picking up what you're laying down there. Yes. Um, but. Like we said, Western is going to be playing. Um, gosh, keep clicking out of it. Let me get back. Charlotte. To it. Uh, they got Charlotte. Charlotte. One second. Uh, that game is. Oh, let me see if I can find it on. I think it's at six. Yeah, it's at. Yeah, it's at six o'clock. Cool. It is on CBS Sports Network on Facebook. For those of you who can't go, if you can go, pack the house. Uh, God, the diddle. Diddle. Pack diddle. Struggling. Yes, yes, definitely struggling. You will be very uh, cold if you pack the house on Saturday. Literally. <laughs> There'll be like six people probably at the house, and they're like, where is everybody? I thought we were supposed to be here. Um, but, yeah, uh, so, yes, pack diddle, uh, support the guys. When you when a opposing team comes in and they have to struggle because the crowd's so loud, man, that adds a whole nother layer, guys. True. So that would make it so much better. Uh, so support the guys in that aspect. Support the girls in that, their aspect, too. Um, 
But just real quick here, uh, last thing, and I'm going to kind of limit this to your lifetime, okay, guys? Okay. So, I think that's fair. That's what I did anyways. Okay. So these are our all-time favorite sports moments. A lot of mine are Western-related. So full disclosure there. But, Jared, I'll let you go first. Uh, your favorite sports moments of your lifetime. This oh, can man. be any team. Uh, I mean, technically good or bad because it could be, you know, I mean, technically you could put Brady on there, you know, him losing Super oh, Bowls or whatever, you know. Uh, but you go ahead, bud. All right. So this was actually really fun just thinking about what are my favorite sports memories. And there's so many. And a lot with Western basketball. There's a lot with football as well since I was a student there and even after but my top five, here we go. Number five, I put UMBC beating Virginia in the NCAA tournament a couple years ago just because just because of how significant that was. Like, Western, we came pretty close in 2013 when we played Kansas and only lost by, I think, by like seven or something like that. It was a really close game. And I was like, man, one of these days, the 16 seed's going to pull the upset. And sure enough, I remember seeing a little bit of the game, and I had to go to bed super early because of Starbucks, and I had to open the next day, I think. So I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I check my phone, and I see where Virginia got beaten. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I think I had them going at least to the Sweet 16, and that kind of put a dent in my bracket. But they did the impossible. They were the first team to ever do that. So definitely shout out and kudos to the Retrievers of good old UNBC. They have my respect. <laughs> Number yeah. four. Number four would be when I got to see the Indiana Pacers play the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2018, the early part of it. That was when LeBron was still on the Cavs. And this was my very first in-person NBA game, so that will always be kind of special to me, seeing them in Banker's Life. Uh, the Pacers were able to pull a win out, 97-95, to 95, and it came down to LeBron. He had two chances to make a game-winning shot. The first one, he stepped on the out-of-bounds line and turned it over. And then the Pacers got two free throws, I think, because they had to foul. And he had a chance to win the game on a three, and he missed it. So I enjoyed every bit of that. It was a lot of fun. It was when the Pacers still had Lance Stevenson. I miss him so much because of how incredibly goofy that man was. God bless him. I'm sure he's doing great. I I love Lance Stevenson so much. When he'd be playing the air guitar after doing literally anything. I mean, quality. Quality. That's hilarious. All right, number three, I went with the 2012 NCAA tournament run that the Tops had in basketball because that was just purely incredible. They went 16 and 19 with the losing record on the season. They got in the NCAA tournament with a losing record and won a game. I mean, sure, it was one of the playing games, but technically that still counts as an NCAA tournament win. And, of course, beating Mississippi Valley State after being down by, I think, 18 points in like the last few minutes and were able to come back and win that game. It's still the ugliest basketball game I think I've ever seen in my entire life. But they pulled off the win in front of President Obama, in front of the British Prime Minister. So that was very significant. Of course, uh, number two, y'all will probably hate me because this is my number two, but I really don't care, is the first moonshine throwdown in football, 2014. We, I'm oh, sure that's okay. going to be on y'all's list. I hope that's on y'all's list. Yes. Because I remember watching that entire <laughs> game. Like, we had such a good team, but Marshall was undefeated. They were nationally ranked. If they would have beaten us, I think they would have finished with the perfect season. 
Yeah, at least in regular season. But, of course, as we all know, Brandon Dowdy and the Tops had something to say about it in 167-66, to 66, and that two-point conversion that sealed the deal, that's still one of my all-time favorite plays. I remember being so excited after that. I was just freaking out because of I didn't think we would pull it off. We had nothing to lose, and we still were able to win that one. So that was great. But number one, I have to go with because of how personal it is to me. And I will explain some of my favorite ones. It's just whenever the Dolphins beat the New England Patriots. It's my number one. <laughs> because the great thing about this is that there are so many different games I can choose that were so fun to watch. Like, Alex, you may fully disagree with this, but I don't really care. But the Dolphins and the Patriots <laughs> is always the best game in the AFC as far as rivalries go. I that agree with you. Best. I literally agree with you. Like, I have All the right. Dolphins as – one of my franchise teams on Madden, and I beat okay. New England the other day with them. Like, Josh Rosen's the quarterback, but also I got David Johnson and Alex Collins Jr. as my running backs with Devontae Parker and wide receiver. Just, oh, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm literally rebuilding now. I'm like 9-3 and three going into, like, just trying to go for not only a playoff spot, but actually win the AFC East. So, good, good. good. Any good yeah. fortunes you got this year, thank me. All right. I didn't know how you would say it because I figured you would think the Titans and the Texans is better, or Titans and Colts. But in my opinion, no, Dolph- I would agree. All it's right. just something about the Dolphins and the Patriots. Like, I love seeing them play. I really do. Like, the very first game I ever remember watching with the pro football that I – this was basically the game I chose to be the Dolphins – be a Dolphins fan – was when they played them in 2003 – I remember watching it, and it, it was really snowy. It was in New England. The Dolphins got beat in that game. But I don't know if you all know this, but one of my favorite games that I do remember was when the Dolphins played the Patriots in Miami for Monday Night Football in 2004. It was called The Night That Courage Wore Orange because yes. that's when the Dolphins were wearing their orange uniforms. And I think they went 4-12 and 12 on the year. And it, I remember watching them play the Patriots. It was such a close game, but I was in fourth grade, and it was a school night, so I went to bed early. And the Dolphins got a touchdown in the last few minutes to end up winning the game 29 to 28. My mom actually came and woke me up and said, Hey, your Dolphins are going to win. You need to come see this. <laughs> so I was, that was great. I, that was one of my first memories. I have an orange Ricky Williams jersey. That was the same year that he had the whole instance where he got high and he wasn't supposed to get high. So that is significant in itself. <laughs> I'm just so glad I have that jersey. I will keep that forever, even if it is really, really old. But there was that, the night that Courage wore orange. Of course, this past year, the Dolphins beat the Patriots with Fitzmagic in New England to keep them from getting a first-round bye in the playoffs. You're welcome, Tennessee, again, and Kansas City. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And, of course, the year before that was the Miami Miracle, where Kenyon Drake basically made Rob Gronkowski look like he was a jolly green giant and didn't know how to run. So every single time the Dolphins play the Patriots, it's the, the Patriots might blow them out once, but the Dolphins are usually able to end up getting at least one one win against the Patriots, even when they suck. Because it's the best rivalry in the NFL, in my opinion, and it's always a fun game. And I'll always be ecstatic every single time it happens. Which, thankfully, it happens annually. So, yeah, that's mine. That's good. Alex, uh, what are your top five, buddy? All right. I really didn't know how to put this at a predicted ranking, but I'm going to try. I'm just going to free ball it. Number five would definitely, and keep in mind, one of these will actually have, oh, WKO reference in it. The rest of them are just going to be pro football. So I'm going to go start off with, 
I would have to go with number five, and this is not anything towards Western to downplay it, but just the magic of this game. The 2012 play-in game where we came back and beat Mississippi Valley State. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that is one of my all-time favorite memories of just being a Western student, being a Western fan, just because, like, it was in front of the country, and it was just, like, that whole entire – something about just – it literally set social media up ablaze. And I had several people calling and texting me like, did you see that? And I was like, yes, I watched the whole entire game because it was a fun and frustrating experience. And I remember just sitting with like my best friend and his mom just watching the game. And we were just like in the nail biting, like final six minutes of the game literally just was like, I think the neighbors really called, actually called the cops on us just because they thought something was going on. That's how much excitement <laughs> it was That's for funny. that game. Number four will definitely have to be the Jim Edmonds home run to force game seven in the 2004 National League Championship Series against the Houston Astros. It was when he hit a home run. It was bottom of the 12th. To this day, I still don't know why my dad took up for me to my mom. It was like, just let him stay awake and watch the game. He'll learn. He'll learn that baseball is going to go forever and ever. But bottom of the 12th, it paid off. And I wore my Larry Walker jersey next day at school proudly. And I was like, yes, I stayed. I think I was actually the only one in my class that actually stayed up and watched the whole entire game. I was going to say, you're probably the only one that was allowed to. Because I remember as a kid, like if they went into overtime, I was screwed. I had to go to bed. And you just found out what happened the next morning on the news, and it was so disappointing. But go ahead. Sorry. You're good. I learned my lesson during the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl. Like, I actually went to bed and pretty much woke up and was like, because I despised the Rams. So that was the only time I actually cheered for the Patriots in a Super Bowl, and I feel (laughs) I have to take the credit of their dynasty. I understand it, though. I I understand it. I mean, the Rams were the ones that beat the Titans in the Super Bowl, so that's justified. You're good. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Your conscience is clean. (laughs) Yes, so never again have I missed, like, a late moment. Number three would definitely have to be the Detroit Pistons winning the 2004 NBA Finals title against the Lakers. And it was the Shaq, Kobe, Robert Horry Lakers. And it was like, my grandpa used to live in Detroit, so we always had a close connection to Detroit Pro Sports. So I was the biggest fan of that 2003-2004 roster because literally outside of playoffs like they were just not only a fun team to watch but it was gritty it was like when basketball was just at its dramatic heyday like the finals makes different storylines when it comes to dramas but I'm sorry literally like the 2000 years with the Lakers dominance with Shaq, Kobe and then also like the New Jersey Nets AI making the finals the Spurs years, like, it just, it hits so, the storylines hit a lot different from 2000 to at least, like, 2007, eight during the Celtics' heat playoff robberies. Yeah. So, it was just one of the heydays of my favorite moments. Number two would have to be the National Predators' Stanley Cup final run, just because I've never in a million years would have thought that the city of Nashville would actually rally around a hockey team and 
almost winning the Stanley Cup. Like, just it's still a huge momental thing that happened in my life. Like, I remember going down, bringing my parents to pretty much Nashville, and it was the first home game. It was when we were down to a 2-0 lead. We lost the first two in Pittsburgh, and then we won that night. It was just the whole city. Like, you thought NFL draft in Nashville was huge. No, it still has nothing on just the Preds being in the Stanley Cup. Like, the whole city was shut down. Yeah. And number one would definitely have to be in this because of me being a Titans fan, and it kind of put everything into place for – just the past three years for the franchise, the 2017 wild card run win against Kansas City when Mario threw a touchdown pass to himself. Like, I'm sorry. That was that was probably the only time that literally 12-year-old Alex started to come out of 25-year-old Alex at the time. Like, that was just like finally seeing Titans win a playoff game for the first time since the McNair-George years. Like, it just... Done well with my soul. So those are my top five moments. I am really surprised you did not mention the uh, Music City Miracle. Well, that when I was like, the older I get, it's like, okay. Like, it was such a good play, but I'm more focused in like. You were younger, too. It's still a forward pass, in my opinion, too. I was going to say, you were still younger, so you probably, it probably wasn't as big a deal for you. Like, I remember it because it was like, I mean, we followed the Titans literally prior to that moment, but that was just stuck it out for my fandom for me. But I think, yes, it was just winning a playoff game for the first time in recent years. Like, that stuck out more to me than anything else. Like, I mean, if we could have beat Baltimore in 2008, we honestly probably, I'm going to be bold to say this, we honestly probably would have had a title already if we did not lose in the divisional round in 2008. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just, I was, well, of course, you and uh, you and Jared are a lot younger, so I wasn't thinking about that. But, yeah, completely uh Completely agree. That's that's old timer news for, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so I I did kind of go over, and a lot of mine are Western, all of them are. Uh, but um, of course, I will have some honorable mentions. Uh, Packers went in twenty was that 2012 Super Bowl? I don't yeah, know. I want to say so somewhere around there. Um, yes. So yeah, them winning the Super Bowl then is probably an honorable mention for me. Um, Western winning in 2002, the FCS championship. Yeah. Uh, yes. Conference USA titles for Western. Uh, that's my other honorable mention. So number five for me is the first bowl win. Wasn't that against uh, – was that Central Michigan? Yeah, that was Central Thomas? Michigan. Yes. yes. And uh, Popeye's Bowl. Yes. So uh, that, was, that was one of those games that I had been with the team – since the transition, so I was so ready for Western to finally get to a bowl game. And my last year on the Hill, uh, we were projected to go to a bowl, and we never got the call. So it was so depressing for me because it was, uh, you know, it's one of those, it's like, dang, I wish I, you know, you just want one more year. You know, every year you're like one more year. Uh, But, you know, it's one of those you just, you know, you graduate, you got to go on, you can't, you know, you can't stay around forever. Uh, number four for me, beating Marshall, number 25. 
when um, when we basically started the Moonshine Throwdown, as Jared was talking about earlier, gotta love that one. Uh, number three for me is ending the streak. So ending the losing streak when we played Louisiana Lafayette. Oh yeah, uh, that was big. Yes, I almost put it on the list. I almost. That was that was probably. I mean, it it was liberating. You know, it was one of those you almost felt cursed. I mean, seriously, like going through the streak, you like being a part of the program and watching the guys play. It's just like what could go wrong did go wrong. Um, number two for me is Ty Rogers shot in what was that? Oh eight. Oh eight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh eight. Two thousand eight. Loved it. Uh, that's one of those moments that it was just so exciting. And I mean, I remember mom, it when it happened, but I wasn't fully invested in the tops like I am now, so I didn't get to appreciate it as much as I do now, sadly. But I you saw really- that game in high school. It was, happened literally my sophomore year, and that was just like, you know what? That, <laughs> I want to go to WKU. I want to tour to campus just because of that. So thank you, Ty Rogers, for <laughs> that decision. Um. Jared was probably like four, so he probably didn't remember it that well. But um, <laughs> no, I was um, actually I was I was at Western. We were still on the old side of the stadium, um, and the way the stadium worked back then is the training room was adjacent to the players' lounge, and they had uh, big they had a TV in there, uh, and like I think the defensive line met in the players' lounge, so they would watch film and stuff. Well, during the day, they just turned it on ESPN and left it. Well, Western was playing. I was working uh, because it was spring. So, like, during spring, trainers don't have to be there all the time. You're just kind of scheduled. So, like, the students come in and we work. And then once our time's up, we go home. It's not a big deal. Uh, So, I was scheduled to work. So, the game's on in the background. And I'm sitting there watching. And, you know, something happens. I go. I have to go do something. I come back. And, like, as time's getting closer, I'm like, dang, you know, we could actually win this game. (laughs) We actually can win this. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't even see the shot. The funny thing for me was is Ty goes – I saw them pass the ball to him. And by the time uh, the shot went up, about 20 people were jumping up and down in front of me. So everybody was screaming. And I was like, holy shit, he must have made it. Excuse the language. And uh, so I jumped up in front of the TV I remember this vividly, running up in front of the TV, watching the replay, and then jumping up and down with everybody else. It was so much fun. I mean, it was, for for a football locker room, it was so exciting. Just, you know, it was like, really? Um, and then, of course, my favorite moment, of course, this was, this was the following semester after I graduated Western, is uh, Willie Taggart beating UK. One of my all-time favorites. I'm sitting – in uh my wife's we were living with my in-laws at the time uh because we had just recently moved to uh, radcliffe so i was sitting in the bedroom watching the game on a game cast because i didn't have uh the channel the game was on and so i'm watching the game cast and it's like westerns in overtime and i'm thinking oh crap you know and they got to go for two so i'm like oh crap so (laughs) you know i still knew everybody on the team it was still you know it was still exciting I literally, after I got, you know, kept hitting refresh, 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 you know, it's like, you know, pass to, I think it was Jack Doyle, wasn't it? Uh, pass to Jack Doyle. Yes. The two point conversion's good. I was, I literally jumped up and started, I just started jumping on the bed. Like I was four years old. I was like, this is, you know, it was so exciting. Um, and I, you know, it shouldn't be like that to play UK because it's UK, but it's still, 
the uh, big brother feel, if that if that makes sense. Because yes. they always kind of look down on us for athletics when, in fact, you know, we're still doing fairly well. Uh, but it was just nice to beat them. But, um, yeah, so those are my top five, actually top seven. But, um, yeah, just loved it. Uh, but, yeah, so that's all I've got. Alex, do you have anything else? No, I'm good, man. I just uh, love being a part of this podcast. Oh, yeah. We appreciate you coming on. Jared is already stepped out. He had to run. He actually had to run back to church. Uh, I think he's got a, a band practice or something. But anyway, um, we appreciate you all listening. Uh, thank you for listening. If you made it this long, we appreciate you. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a somebody entered the room of entered our live studio show, and their screen name is Yo Mama Ben Farton. And I just to be a troll. That is not be a troll somewhere. (laughs) They did not. They didn't post anything on the live feed, so it's all good. But uh, that's still hilarious. Uh, But anyway, uh, like, share, and subscribe if you would like. We'd appreciate it. And uh, as always, guys, go tops. Go tops. Appreciate you, Alex. Take care, buddy. Hey, you too, man. Thank you, Devin. Not a problem.